Yes, Espen told me that he uh, he'd been on the road with the dog, and um, and I had, yeah, because I think I hosted one time at the Brewdog when Dog was on first, and I did the duck joke right before Dog went on, and uh, Espen had been traveling with Dog on the road, and he just had like took Espen to the side and was like, "Have you heard?" Christian's fucking duck joke. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> so dog loves your duck jokes, no, bro. No, the goat does not approve of uh, of the duck joke but at all. It's not just one duck joke. It's like fucking eight. How it's many? A, how many? You got a, a bunch multiple, in there. Multiple. Uh, it's a lot of puns on the word duck in Norwegian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I think I lost many. count. Yeah, but uh, maybe there's like seven or eight because of them. Because in the beginning, I thought like, ah, oh, cool, I have like two. And then every time I did it, the audience just kept like throwing, yeah, names with the um in it, and uh, they help so you write it. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, it's a fun little experiment. But I'm starting to feel like I'm at the end of the. I think it's done. It's job for now yeah i'll see i just want to film it one time to have it like because now <laughs> when i made you film it at the Brudog, i didn't feel like yeah the re- they didn't really enjoy it the way it should be enjoyed so oh, we'll you, see you, you, you're gonna like uh you're gonna ch- chase the duck dragon yeah i gotta i gotta uh, get the I perfect g- response i gotta capture it no so but if so if i share it on social media it actually feels like it uh, was a success i guess are you, are you gonna start sharing more things on social media is that the plan <sighs> i think so i think so but um i'm trying to figure it out because i'm trying to figure out because i have all the other shit that i do on my personal one so i'm trying to figure out if i'm gonna open like a start a comedy account or if i just if I'm just gonna start posting bits on Tinsip, the Tinsip account, or I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. Okay, so you're because thinking of maybe getting a Christian Bastion comedy or maybe, something, something or whatever. Like that. I don't know yet because mm. it just feels uh, I do so many things now, and to put them all, I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. Maybe just put it out in one place. I, but I understand because you do so many different things and sometimes it might be good just to have one niche channel for exactly. something like comedy. So yeah. people don't get to see you like fucking doing jujitsu or all this other thing. They, they come. I think there's a, re- I have this conversation with myself as well mm-hmm. because there is a real benefit in just doing one thing real niche, but do it real good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if people are just there, I feel like you have to look at social media as not what you get out of it, but what you give people that come to your channel. Yeah. And yeah. if if you want to give people who come to your channel like comedy, mm. they don't give a fuck about, you know, seeing you pose with a camera or some other shit like that, you know? Yeah. And also, like I do all my, well, most of my comedy I do, as I've just started doing uh, uh, sets in English, but I, most of the sets I do, I do it in in Norwegian and probably the things I'm going to post is going to be in Norwegian and I have a bunch of like Indian followers and like people who don't understand Norwegian at all. Oh, okay. So, so I, I don't know. So you got to get Christian Bastions and comedy English Christian Bastion comedy. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe just use Tinsip, the Tinsip account. I like that. I I, want to, I'm going to talk to Alex about it, but um, it would be cool to just like build it into being like a comedy like uh, collective, you know. Just yeah, yeah. Post yeah. a bunch of shit. Just do like, like funny or die. You know. 
Yeah, I understand. I don't know. And then you can use stuff from other comedians as well yeah. if they're down. And exactly. Maybe I, you could post some meme shit or whatever. There's so much stuff I want to do. And I think it's good for... I mean, it started with a podcast, the whole uh, Tune Sip uh, thing. And then, I mean, what we post mostly about now is the nights that we do at uh, BrewDog. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can I get a little bit more sound in my ears? Yeah, of course. Let me just... Jack you up here. How's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's nice. Thank you. Dude, look at you sounding like a rapper. Turn me oh. up right here in the ears. Ah, yeah. uh, uh. Bars. <laughs> Spitting bars, bro. Yes. Yeah, I, I I, get you, dude. The uh, the Tin Super accounts you guys are doing uh, the podcast. Yep. You guys are organizing stand-up comedy. Yes. And maybe you can evolve that into some kind of social media or online kind of portal yeah. towards comedy i just think it's a perfect place to just put comedy in general mm. put put everything there and then the account will grow more people will find out about the shows more people will find out about the podcast and i mean we both we basically only have comedians on the podcast also so yeah yeah i think you think uh, i think maybe that's the place to put comedy yeah, that sounds good. And then are you gonna? I so did we, did we just solve this issue? Did we solve we it? We might have solved it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, man. But because I have this feeling that people, because I am like I do film, I do uh, photography, I do, uh, and there's a little bit of art into everything else that I do, and I have a feeling that uh, people in the art world don't really want comedy. People think, I don't know why, uh, why but... Uh, and I also feel like people in uh, comedy think art is kind of cringy. And, and the but maybe I'm just overthinking it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like uh, whatever you like put out on your own channel, I mean, it, c it can also just be like a collection of things that you have an interest in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that there is also that to consider. It's yeah. like, you know what? You're into art you're into jujitsu you're into comedy you're into podcasting mm -hmm. this is just all the shit that i like yeah that's kind of what i do i mean yeah, because I just you, have put, one you just, just put everything out uh, on your personal account yeah yeah and i just feel like uh you know this is just what i do and uh fucking i'm just gonna post it here fucking i deal with it right? deal with it yeah. like fuck yeah go for it and you know i put things out like mostly it's in english but if if i do a podcast in norwegian i'll put that in norwegian and if you don't speak norwegian then just fucking scroll v that i believe it did motherfucker yeah, yeah true but because i but i don't know man like it's I think overthinking but i am the world champion uh when it comes to overthinking you know why that is no childhood trauma yeah, 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 yeah. You might be right. Or I've read a bunch of shit, and I've also heard. I th I heard you talk about this guy. What's the guy name? Gabor Mate. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant guy. I yeah, haven't right? read his book, but I listened to him on Rogan a bunch of times, and wow. He's smart. It make, I, I, and it also makes a lot of sense. You it, know? Does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everything's childhood trauma. Like, yeah. you could just say anything, and it's like childhood trauma. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to try to filter out, like, okay, what's what here? But, yeah. Uh, Man, but overthinking for sure is one of my... Uh, I don't know what fucking happened, but do you know? Because I'm a the, the reason I just said childhood trauma is because what I often do in conflicts is I over-explain. Oh, okay. So I'm an over-explainer. And that's because of a childhood trauma. Definitely, as well? that's because people, I would say, people like my parents didn't listen to me very much when I was a kid. Okay. So I had this kind of upbringing, especially my dad. Mm. So like, I would try to like say like, I didn't do that. You're blaming me for this and blah blah blah, and he wouldn't listen. It's like, fuck, shut up, go to your room. Right. So I was like, 
had this sense of injustice from not being listened to. And now when I'm in a conflict with somebody and they don't believe me or right. they, I, I feel like I have to give them so much information because the little I tell them, they're not listening to. So I just go this, 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 this. And they go, Inio, you don't let it go. You need to stop talking now. I go, I can't stop talking because you're not listening to what I'm telling you. Right. And that is childhood trauma. Okay, okay. So in relationships and... Relationships, family shit, like, you know, but you know, like all kinds of stuff. And it's something that I'm working on, like everything else, but over explaining. But, you know, like when you think about it, when you're a kid, you really, you just want the attention from two people. Yeah. It's your mom and your dad. Yeah. Like that's all you really need. Yeah. And you end up sometimes not getting that attention in the way that you think is right for you. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to fill this hole that never got filled in your childhood through yeah. through through different diff types of ways. So you're trying to fill it, right? But how how the fuck do you fix it? Uh, That's no. what I want to know. Like, what kind of trauma treatment do you need to do to actually fix it? Because that would be helpful. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good question, and I don't know how the how to answer that. But I th- I'm pretty sure it's possible. But I think like if you do like therapy, that helps, or maybe like some psychedelic m- meditation. Yeah, I think both could help. Definitely. Yeah. Have you done a lot of treatment? Like uh, therapy? Nah. <laughs> Me neither. Man. Nah. But no, I, w- no. I, I would like to, man. I just, it seems uh, uh, like a costly thing. Yeah. And I also feel like my issues isn't as severe as like to go to the doctor and like, hey, I really need this. Because every person that I've uh, like talked to that has uh, done that has to like feel out like how bad is your shit on a scale from like one to ten. And I can't really say that my stuff is a ten. No, but I would really like to, like I would 100%, if I had the option of going to a psychiatrist maybe once a month, Yeah, I would love to, to do that. I think it's important. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, I, so why aren't we doing it? You know what, man? I have gone to therapists before and okay. it's been really helpful. Yeah? Really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll tell you, like this one thing that happened to me is that I got diagnosed positive with HIV. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and your therapist really helped you with... Uh... Really helped me because what happened was there was a mistake at the hospital with the blood samples. Right. So I got diagnosed with this like... Uh, it's called an inconclusive test, which often happens when the HIV virus is developing in your system. Okay. So they contacted me and they told me that this is the result. Wait, are you fucking with me right now? Or do no, you no, have no. H- do no. You, you have HIV? No, okay. I don't have HIV. Okay, okay. But I got a result. Okay. That I thought you were saying a joke. Yeah. No, no, no. No, that, that, no. It's, it's, it, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, that's, that's okay. Why I laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. No problem. So uh, I got the, they, they, <laughs> they fucked up at the, okay. at the, at the university lab or whatever. Uh, when you were like, when you just yeah. came out? No, no, I'm still in the closet. Bro. Okay, okay. No, but I I hooked up with this chick, yeah. and then like, and she goes, oh, you know, like I think I think you should get tested, and then I was right, like, okay, okay, fuck, I went and got tested, yeah. and then like, uh, then I got this result back that said like it was inconclusive for HIV, and then Shit. they contacted me, and then they said what this often means is that mm. you're developing the HIV virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was very, very, very depressed, and then yeah. I went to the therapist 
because I had to like share this burden with somebody because I had so much shame and so much fear. Yeah. And I was like 25 or 26 or something. Right. Dude, I had been annoyed for like about a year. Mm. A- and then... And uh, now I have HIV. Yeah, and now Fuck. I got it. And now I got it. Yeah. No, but then I went to the therapist and then I, I went there like maybe, I don't know, five or six times or something. Yeah. And that was so helpful. That was so helpful. And how long did you, th- uh, did you think that you had it? Before you figured out Th- three months, really? Yes. Why? Because it takes that much time for the virus to develop in your body. Oh, uh, yeah. So imagine thinking. So you did one test and you didn't think of like, okay, let me try, let me do another test to, just to. No, no. I I did many more tests. Okay, after and they that. all came back. No, then like they that. started to come back like negative. But you right. have to wait for the a certain amount yeah, of time okay, okay. Be- because there was a certain amount of time that like has to pass through for the first one to be proven either negative or positive yeah. and that was three months so uh, for three months during fucking summer i was like devastated and thinking that like i'd like you know i just received a death sentence yeah i have a similar uh similar thing happened to me or i just i just uh, i was traveling and i hooked up with this girl mm. and i just uh started telling myself that uh, yeah, you know, right. I was starting to having night chills and started feeling bad and blah blah blah, and I just like it's HIV, mm. <laughs> probably it's mm-hmm. probably HIV, mm-hmm. you know. And I just walked around, it's like I was so fucking sure. Yeah. And then I went to do a test, and I've never been more afraid, man. It's scary, right? Yeah, while I was sitting there, because you get the result like yeah instantaneously, or I did when I went to to do the test. Yeah. And man, those like three minutes or whatever. Yeah, long ass minutes. Yeah, it's long, dude. But I didn't get it like that. I had to wait, and then and then AIDS now. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You caught it from a duck. Um, But they didn't. I didn't get the results instantly. They called me, and when they call you, that's when something's wrong. So they don't send you the. If you don't hear from us, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when they call you, they go, "Hey, we got to tell you something." Like, oh shit. So that's how it went down. Mm. But a lot of people trick themselves into thinking that they have shit. But so she, this girl told you like you should get tested, but obviously not like you should get HIV tested, right? You should just get tested in, like in general for uh, STDs. And I think so. I uh. think so. I think that was, I mean, it was a long time ago. So I, th- I think that's kind of like how the conversation went down. Mm-hmm. And then like I just went to the clinic and they go, do you want to get tested for everything? Yeah. And I, obviously I Why didn't. Not? I was yeah. like, but I was like, okay, fucking do it. Yeah. But then, and then I can't remember exactly what happened, but like they just kind of fucked up the test. Like it was, that uh, was I it. I think it happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it, it was an error in the, in the testing system. But the fact that you had to walk around for three months thinking oh. you had HIV is, is brutal. Brutal. And brutal. You were 25. How old, how old are you now? I'm 43. Yes. Yeah, so this was a while ago. It was like a while now, ago. if you contract the HIV virus now, it's still not cool. It's not a cool thing, you know, mm-hmm. but, but this now it's not a, death uh, sentence I think they can reverse the HIV now I think think you can can take some medicine and then you take it and then you'll test negative maybe HIV becomes cool yeah dude I wish I did get it (laughs) (laughs) but anyway the whole point of that story was to say how therapy actually helped me when I felt like I needed it right yeah and and so like if you're going through something that like is causing you distress then Mm -hmm. therapy is a really good way for you to make sense of the situation and it definitely helped me so like i was you know pretty 
in a dark place. And then I spoke to this therapist and, you know, I visited her like two or three times a week mm. or whatever it was. And then it just really helped me make sense of it. Because what often happens with people is that we make fears in our head in advance of getting the results. Yeah, of course. Whatever it is, like going on stage or a tournament or an HIV result. And she just tried to keep me calm. She just tried to say, listen, you haven't got it yet. You yeah. haven't got, th I know in your head, you're making up this like life where you're losing all this weight and never having kids and dying or whatever but you haven't just yeah understand. so that's what she was really helpful at doing yeah. just controlling this dystopian future fantasy that i was creating for myself mm. yeah it's easier said than done though you know when you really like uh yeah when you're afraid of something it's hard or at least for me it's for everybody not like Overthinking in worst case scenarios is uh, is usually where my mind goes. Yeah, because you're an overthinker. Yeah, and you go to the worst case scenario. Yeah. Wow. All the time. P pretty much. Mo most of the things I do. Yeah. Yeah. And it took took me a while to like not expect to bomb, for example. Yep. Yeah. But you know, you work through it, and uh, but yeah, I but I think like you don't really have to have HIV to be to have like I think everyone should should uh should be able to go to a therapist every like two months or three months or, or some people don't feel like they need it at all but i know a lot of people that that should you I, know i always think if you feel like you don't need it that's when you definitely need it yeah i feel like that that's what i think there's been some stigma around going to to get some help with the with the mental stuff but the way i when i when i grew up the way i am like like I said, so I overthink and I and I like uh, yeah worst case scenarios and whatever. But uh, for some reason, I am very comfortable just talking about my shit mm. to friends or family or whatever. And I need to I need to talk about it to 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 work through it. Yes, you know most people don't do that. Most people just keep it locked in and then and then you they explode. Yeah. Some like you get really fucking drunk and then you explode or whatever. Yeah. I always like when people say, Hey, how are you? And and usually they just want like, Yeah, fine. If I if I wasn't fine, I would just be like, Ah, not that great, man. I'm I'm struggling. Yeah. And then they would have to listen to me yeah, for like three tell hours. Me, or tell me what's going on. But 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 um what happened this was uh well it's still like that, but I it was very it was like that when I was younger mm. when I was like a young man, you know. Uh, and uh, people thought it was strange, but what kept happening after that was that every like friend that I kind of forced uh, to help me came to me when they were going through something. Yeah, because they felt safe around me. Yeah, because you were vulnerable and you talked to them yes. when you felt like you needed help, and then they felt safe with you. Yeah, I think that's a sign of a healthy friendship. Yeah. Right. Like, so you know what I mean? Like if you're in a state of despair and you can communicate that to another guy yeah. and let them know like, hey, actually, I'm not doing so good. They go, oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. Because, What's up? I mean, nobody is, is, is uh, good all the fucking time. You know? No, of course you're not. Gonna, you're going to have lows. Yeah. And if you can't. But for some reason, it's been like the norm to not really talk about your lows. Mm. Like post wow. post the sunny pictures on Instagram and shut the fuck up. That's you know? it. That's uh, it. That's the. I think that's the thing. But even before Instagram, I think people kind of like just wanted to project this outward look of success and positivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't talk about your problems. You, you you keep it in the house. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, and that seems to be the thing that actually tears down the house. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically. Exactly. Yeah. Ironically, yeah. So, uh, but I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I, I'm in a similar situation where I'm able to talk to people, you know, friends, family, stuff like that. When I'm like in a tough situation and even kind of on stage to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that can be kind of like, hey, guess what happened? You know, trying to make a little bit of sense out of it through a comedic perspective. Yeah. And just be able to make light of, out of like super dark things is also kind of form of therapy. It's 100% therapeutic, man. Yeah. I've seen like so many people that have made light out of really traumatic situations. Yeah, but it, it could also be an escape. From from just dealing with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's... Uh, but so can everything. Yeah. Everything can be an escape for dealing yeah. with it. I mean, you look at how many times, like, you catch yourself being distracted from, like, doing something that you should be doing just with some other bullshit. Yeah. And you go, oh, yeah, this is just a trick. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing as well, man. Like, there's so many things out there that are really distracting you from, like, identifying with your core mission in life and yep. who you are as a person. Yeah. And, like, your job is just to try to filter out all that noise and just go, okay, i got to just make this progress. Mm -hmm. i got to, like, work with myself. i got to focus on what I want to accomplish and who I want to be. And all this other stuff, trying to get me to, like, swipe and scroll and focus on this bullshit, that's just fucking noise. And that is what's kind of becoming like this um, almost like a mission for people in everyday life these days, including myself, just like trying to stay centered with who you are and what your mission statement in life is. Yeah, yeah. But I can like the scrolling part 100%. Like, and then we've been talking, we've talked about this before um, and I have a major problem there still. Like mm. I, 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 I won't say struggle, but I spend way too much time scrolling on Instagram and social media and, and just my phone in general yeah uh, and i could be way better there but i also like every like let's uh, say jujitsu yeah right? i fucking love jujitsu and i want jujitsu to be a part of my life forever and uh it's really been like a positive thing in my life since i started uh but i can 100 percent use that as an escape as well i, I understand because when i get uh, obsessed with something i just fall first i fall in love with it and then i just go 100% into it and mm. then all of a sudden I'm I'm more on the mats than I am working on my career, you know? Yeah. And I guess uh, I can do that with everything. Yeah. So you just got to find the balance. The balance but is then the hard again, part. But then again, like that's one of the things that jiu-jitsu has kind of taught me is like, okay, I might not be the, uh, I won't be a jiu-jitsu world champion ever uh, and I probably won't do anything like big with jiu-jitsu but I fucking love it. Mm. So I just want to do it and yeah. I want to do it a lot because it gives me a lot of joy. Yeah. And if you can't spend your time doing stuff you really enjoy and love because you have this other mission, then I feel like you're going to be like at the end of your life, you're going to think like, fuck. Yeah. You're going to regret it. Yeah. You're going to exactly. regret it. But Same I, thing for me, at least with comedy. Yeah. I started like I didn't start that long ago, but it's been like. One of those things. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to like achieve with comedy. I just want to do it a lot because it's, I fucking love it. Yeah. But isn't that like the whole purpose of doing something? You know, when you hear these people saying like, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah. Isn't that the beauty of doing something like jujitsu and stand-up yeah, comedy? Yeah. But earlier in my life, I was really like, uh, focus on like ah, I'm, I'm building my legacy. And when you guys are sleeping, I'm working. And brrr, like... 
I was I, I was that guy, you know, and uh, it's uh, I mean, the, for the last couple, like maybe four or five years, I've been more and more leaning into like doing stuff I enjoy mm. and doing stuff I love and hanging out with people I love. And like just I still want to build something and I still want to get better at everything that I'm doing. Still want to pay my bills and shit, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I think life is too short to not enjoy it. So yeah, you, you've seen all those videos and shit like that about of memes where people like post things. You know, we talked to five 105 year olds and asked them what they regretted most in life, yeah. and it's always like it's they, always working too much. It's always working too much yeah. and not being in the moment, and not spending time with the people you love. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like if you're doing th- this, is how I think. Is a what? What is a good compass? Are you happy when you're doing things, or are you unhappy when you're doing things? Yeah. And if you're happy when you're doing things, that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Are you happy when you're hanging out with your friends? Yes. Are you happy when you're doing jujitsu? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you happy doing comedy? Yes. Okay, great. Keep doing that shit. Are you unhappy when you're doing like this other stuff? Okay, yeah. Well, then you got to look at that and figure out how to you know balance that shit out yeah and he, I, i'm pretty it's, sure that like the paycheck the only positive with what you're doing maybe you should do something else exactly yeah. and you and me like as filmmakers we're actually very fortunate because when you're making a commercial or a video it's a fun process it is it's, it's not a grind it's like no. it's it's kind of like it's creative and it's challenging but at the end of it you've like created this like collaborative work and you're proud of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like some other people that are out there like laying cement or fucking, you know, whatever that job is that they got to really struggle with to kind of like find that motivation to keep going or working in a cubicle from nine to five processing spreadsheets or whatever. That can be a drag. Yeah. But when you're like making a video or doing some kind of creative thing, like when you're, you know what I mean? That's like, oh shit, are you happy doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Then Mm -hmm. that's it. But the balance thing is always like a struggle for everybody. Yeah. But I think the main thing is just to feel that you're content in the pursuit of your art, regardless of where it takes you. Yes, I agree. That's it. I agree. But it uh, took me a while to to understand it. Yeah. And actually apply it to my life. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Like for, for the jujitsu, I'm a. I would say that like I'm an okay purple belt. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm a I'm an okay purple belt. Yeah, I've never rolled with you, so I I, um, I don't know. Yeah, but I'll take your word for it. I'm not great. I'm not terrible. I'm okay. Yeah. I, I got the belt uh, after four years as a blue belt, and I I, I you know I'm all right. You How know? long you been doing jujitsu? Oh shit! I don't know. It must be eight years. Wow. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, with so two pandemic years. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know, take yeah. that with a grain of salt. Yeah, you didn't train during the pandemic at all. A little bit, a little bit of underground training. Uh, a little bit of. I think I might have. Like in the beginning, it was hard, but then after a while, we got. We found some basements and mm. bought some mats and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we trained well. We sparred a lot. I will say. Yeah. The it w- there wasn't a lot of drilling. No. Nah. On my part during the pandemic, but we trained a lot. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I, I I did a little bit of uh, drilling. We, me and a couple of buddies, we'd like put on uh, some BJJ phonetic tutorials. Yeah, and I, just we'd do the whole class. We'd push, pause, drill it, go vidra, and it's, just it's great. The only thing you don't have is uh, a black belt to like tell you what you're doing wrong or whatever. But you 100% can learn definitely techniques that way. Man, through the Jiu Jitsu Globetrotters, I've met a lot of people that come from 
oh, yeah, countries yeah. that don't have any coaches and they're right. just learning in base. Like you think that we're finished with that? Fa- no, no, no. They're this just doing. They're just uh, learning by watching YouTube and shit. Y- yep. Okay. Because there's no jujitsu school within 200 kilometers of where they live. Right. So they're like, oh, we can't. We got no car. We got, no, you know, we're just training. We we got like a tenth planet instructional with Eddie Bravo, and we're doing it. Yeah, and not? they are good. They're yeah. really good. These yeah. guys are so good. Like, they're so, so dedicated. So where, where have you traveled with the Globetrotters thing? Uh, I've been to St. Bart's. You know, Saint, it's a Caribbean island. Oh, really? Yeah, it's probably the most exclusive place in the world. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's super exclusive. Uh. So I've been there. I've been to Poland. I've been to Italy. I've been to Iceland. Nice. That's yeah. a good And there. America. Right. Yeah, maybe yeah. A, and Italy. I haven't uh, done a jiu-jitsu retreat like that at all. You'd still, love it. It's the best. I, I really want to though. It's I really best. want to. It's just like I keep telling myself that oh, I'm going to do it, but then work, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll get there. Yeah, it's just like hanging out with a hundred or fifty or two, depending on the size of the camp. All these people that share the same interest there's, as you. There's so and there's so many now. Like you can go there for a week. Let's say you go there for a week. You can do two sessions a day, or maybe one session and then a yoga session in the evening or whatever. And then you just hang out with a bunch of like-minded people. It sounds sounds fantastic. Yeah, you know, my girlfriend just went to this cabin on the weekend. Yeah, and I got, she sent me some photos. I got dude, that looks dope. And I was thinking, like, dude, wouldn't that be fun just to get, like, a bunch of comedians and just rent a cabin and have, like, a comedy camp? Yeah. And and just be like, okay, guys, we can, like, schedule, like, a couple of hours for, like, some writing or, like, schedule an hour in the evening after dinner to, like, work on, you know, storytelling or new bits or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you don't want to participate in any of the organized stuff, Mm -hmm. just going and hanging out. Like yeah. at a dope cabin with like a swimming pool and a sauna and a spa and shit like and, that. And bring mats. Yeah, right? Just yes. bring a bunch of shit. Yeah, because I've been I've been uh, talking to a couple of my uh, jiu-jitsu friends. Hmm. Exactly what you're saying without the comedy though. Just bring mats, uh, like uh, rent the cabin and just go. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. You know? So let's do that. Yeah. There's, a lot, of, uh, th- there's a lot of comedians rolling now. I know. Yeah, so. Kashten. Kashten. I mean, Talak has been been rolling. I don't think he's active. No. Sivit will join. Yeah. Even though he's not active either, but he's a former uh, judo black belt. Yeah, that's that counts. That one hundred percent. I roll with him. He he knows he knows some stuff. Yeah. Um. And you know, uh, Joachim Aikiri. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, he's and he's good. been competing in and shit as well. Yeah, dude, he did an MMA fight. Really? In two thousand and thirteen or something. Really? Yeah, he won, dude. Wow. I think he went to England or You want to do MMA? Me? Yeah. Do I want to do it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I'll do cool. some MMA. Okay, yeah. cool. I've uh, also, during the pandemic, like, we trained in this uh, this uh, guy from, from my gym. Shout out to Gunnar. Uh, he just uh, took out all his uh, furniture in his apartment. Or I think it's brother's apartment, actually. He rented it from uh, his brother. And he just put mats in his whole living room. And so we just trained there a bunch. Mm. And every once in a while, we did some rounds where we rolled with punches. So we, we put on MMA gloves and we just uh, 
with the with incorporate punches. Yeah. And man, it changes it changes the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to fuck around playing God or anything. No. Like, you gotta be real careful with, with your yeah. position. And even though you you don't really hit each other hard, it's it just throws you off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. I've, I've trained some MMA before. Okay. And uh, I understand, like, uh, you know, sometimes it takes a while for jujitsu mentality to switch over to MMA mentality. Yeah. Because, like, you'd be on the top and you'd be like, I'm working for armbars. Like, I know how to soften him up. Let yeah. me just smack yeah, him yeah, a few yeah. times. I know how to open it up. I know yeah. how to get this arm. But, uh, yeah, no, I just, uh, I think I'm focusing on uh, jujitsu for now. Yeah. It's a, for, for longevity and. Yeah, I started when I was 27. And I just thought, uh, well, in the beginning, I didn't think anything. I just, I haven't, hadn't done any martial arts at all. Okay. And I was just, I had just been like super fascinated with the jujitsu. I just been like geeking out online, watching like the Gracie challenges and that's so good and stuff like that. Watched the choke and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, that's and stuff so like that. And yeah. um, went to my first jujitsu class and got like, yeah. And I was big and strong. I was so much like more yoked back then. Yeah. I went to the class. I went to the class like, okay, I, they, they they are probably very technical and all, but I'm fucking strong. Mm. So let's see. Mm. And they pretty much doesn't matter. Me, you know? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And my first six jujitsu classes, I threw up every time. Yeah. So I just wanted to understand it. Yeah. And like kind of learn it a little bit and then I just fall, uh, fell, fell in love with it. Yeah. And um, I think, and I've been hitting a little bit of pads with uh, Mosen when we've been traveling. And uh, it's so fun. Mm. It's so fun. So, I, but I just, I'm afraid to start striking as well because I think I just, then I have to live at Frontline. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just double up the amount of time. Yeah. Dude, because you go on, you you travel with Jack Manson. I do. Yeah, because yeah. you know what I love seeing? I love seeing uh, you in the uh, in the corner. Yeah. When you guys are walking yeah, out. Yeah, I go, yeah, oh yeah. shit. I have there's to. Jack, there's Tater, there's Christian. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's weird. Uh, and I'll, I'll just say this. I have no business being there. You know, just so everybody understands. That <laughs> I have no business being there. And I don't give any advice. I don't shout anything. I just shut the fuck up. And it, I mean, it's pretty much just the ultimate fan experience. Right. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, but it's so fun. Yeah, okay. Because you travel there and you take photos and make a blog. Is that right? Or <laughs> yeah, a so we, we started way, way back. Way, way back. For, for a couple of years ago, we did this uh, documentary series on Jack mm. for Viaplay. Uh, and then when he was on this winning streak, uh, he like uh, he beat Jacare and a bunch of other uh, great fighters. He entered the top ten, and and Via Play wanted to do a, a show, and um, so I that's how I got involved. That's how I got to n know the guys. And then when he lost, I think in Copenhagen, Via Play just jumped off the the project didn't want to do it anymore was that against kenny yeah that was against Kananir, yeah. yeah 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 and uh oh, they jumped off yeah they just jumped off <sighs> and stupid. and it's so stupid because like a loss just makes the story more interesting exactly you know? and then and then the pandemic hit and uh and i've by then i've kind of gotten to know the guys a little bit and i mean i train with teta all the time and so I just figured, and uh, yeah, the pandemic hit, and he got a fight on uh, Fight Island. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they asked if I wanted to come, 
and we didn't have any like project or anything but i was like fuck yeah i'm going to fight island man yeah of and course. let's make some uh, content there was no jobs there was no well there wasn't a lot and so i just wanted to i just wanted to experience it mm. and uh pretty much found a way to 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 uh pay for the expenses and shit every because yeah like ESPN wants something or they're making a TV show here in Norway or whatever and they want to uh, rent out rent my footage or whatever mm. so we always been able to figure out how to keep traveling together nice you know and uh, documenting his uh, his journey yeah his journey towards the title um and uh, we are now trying to get a, like a proper uh, project going. Good. Like a document, like a prop, like a yeah feature. I don't know what you would call it. Like, uh, a, uh, like a documentary yeah. series Docu- kind of thing, no, or not like a, a series, like, like a, a movie, ninety-minute thing. Yeah. Okay. Like a documentary film. Yeah. Damn, that'd be cool. Yeah. That's that's a uh, that's a goal. Yeah, because like I remember, uh, I think I seen you in. Florida or Texas? We've been or? all over, man. We went to Abu Dhabi, obviously, for Fight Island, and then we went to Las Vegas. We've been to Las Vegas maybe three times, yeah. four times, and then we went to Houston. Mm. Uh, all got COVID, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, which was crazy. And then we went to Florida. Yeah, that was the last time we went to London. Uh, yeah. Did Did you watch the card, the London card last week? I did. Did you see Gunny Nelson? I the first round submission by Armbar. I did not actually. Oh, man. I only saw the main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it, it was good. It was yeah. so good. No, I, I didn't. I, I saw the Geisha fights as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was good. Yeah, really yeah. good fight. Yeah, but G- Gani's one of my favorites because of jiu-jitsu and everything. And I, I met him once when I was who, in Iceland. Who, who was he fighting again? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but uh, a good guy. Gunnar Nelson is a cool fighter. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And the way he uses he jiu-jitsu. Still, like, yeah, but he, he has this uh, kind of Connor-ish uh, karate style way of like approaching his opponents, but then he also has super good jiu-jitsu on the ground. So. Yeah, and obviously I like him as well because he's Scandinavian. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, cool. You know, we don't have that many fighters from... I mean, maybe there's uh, a bunch more in like uh, Denmark now and Sweden and stuff, but... You know, I mean, how many fighters in the UFC are from Norway that are active? It's just Jack, right? Yeah. Jack, and then there's Gunnar Nelson from Iceland, which is a crazy small population of people. Mm-hmm. So for, so, but for some reason, Iceland is really good jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah, I think I it's... I don't know much about the MMA scene there, but uh, haven't, like, Connor and them went... Doesn't they go there to train and have training yeah. camps? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've been to Gunnar's gym. Really? Yeah, in Iceland, it's the okay. best. It's the best gym I've ever been it's to. It's a big place, huh? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like built into the side of a mountain. I think it used to really? be a bowling alley and a restaurant or something, and it's massive. And okay. they have like big mat areas, and they have uh, like a restaurant, and they have a oh, recovery really? room with a sauna and a spa and a cold plunge pool. Sounds Maybe so there's three three big training rooms, yeah. and then they have a CrossFit gym there as well. Well, it's it's massive. Proper ninja factory. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. Sounds like the uh, the UFC PI. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, crazy place. Y- yeah, it was cool. But J- Jack's like, is he ranked in the top ten still? I or? think he's ranked uh, as number ten now. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So still up there. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. And he probably has. Uh, do you know if there's a? F- I mean, they probably haven't announced anything. Have yes, they? they have just announced uh, 
He's doing a fight in June, I believe. Oh, cool. Let's see. Uh, sorry. No, go for it, man. Go for it. June 3rd, I think. Perfect. That's not too long. Yeah, I can't remember. Alan something. The his uh, he's fighting the number twelve ranked guy or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I hope I'll be able to to go to that one. I'm doing a European tour right before uh, or parts of a European tour. So it's uh, yeah. I just hope that I'll I'll be able to to fly out there. Is that the uh, the quick style tour? Yes. Yeah, because Karpe, nice. How long's that tour? I guess they're not called Karpe Diem anymore. They're just called Karpe. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> they, they dropped the Diem a few yeah, years ago, right? Yeah. How's that? What? How long's the tour going to go for? From uh, late April until uh, late May, like a month. I think they have like twenty-two dates yeah. or something, and then yeah, just nightliner tour all across Europe, basically. Wow, and it's is it like a quick style tour and a carpet tour or is it quick style featuring how does that work uh, on top of the on top of the the thing it says uh carpe and quick style presents okay but i mean it's the umar sharif uh, project mm. from uh, carpe which they sold out uh spectrum with 10 times yeah and they they are taking it to europe that's awesome, yeah, and I don't really know the like uh, the no. details of the the deal or whatever. But yeah. it's that show with, the, and they, I mean, Quicksell also was in uh, t- um, Ultra Spectrum. Yeah, Quicksell are huge, man, uh, and and yeah. that just kind of, I mean, I just huge. looked, and then I was like, damn. Yeah, 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 they're they're big. They've been big for 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 a while, just outside of Norway. Mm. Uh, I've started work. I started working with them maybe. 10 years ago yeah now and just and they were just by then they had they won norwegian get talent and a bunch of other competitions uh, uh outside of norway as well and i just i'm not a dancer at all but i just i saw what they were doing and i and i uh, really appreciated the the art and what they were doing and i and we just just decided to to start working together so I started traveling with them, and I've been w- walking around with them in like Tokyo, mm. you know, like seven years ago. And people coming up to them like, "Excuse me, are you guys quick sell?" Yeah, I was like, get the fuck out of here! But yeah, now yeah, yeah. it's a whole different thing. After like the uh, latest uh, wedding video dance, the wedding dance video uh, blew up on on YouTube and all over the world. Yeah, because they're a dance crew that have a massive following, right? Yeah. And they drop videos that just get millions and millions of views and people from all around the world go, oh shit, these yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've been in the dance community. They've been like uh, acknowledged as uh, like stars for a while. But uh, last summer, they did like this 12-minute dance routine for uh, one of the founders that got married. So they made like a wedding dance mm. that they performed in his wedding, mm. and uh, that just blew up when they uploaded it to to YouTube. And they didn't know that that would happen. Yeah, but okay. that video now has like hundreds of millions of views. Mm. And for example, we just went to India. We yeah, went to Mumbai, yeah. and uh, it's like traveling with the pop stars. Yeah, like from the moment we get off the plane, it's it's uh, craziness. It's like selfies and chaos and press and 
Yeah. Dude, isn't that crazy? It's it's crazy and it <laughs> makes me it makes me really happy that to see them get appreciated for what they do because of I just think they're so fucking good and talented and yeah. they're really good people as well. Yeah. Great per- persons and they're just good. Uh but it's for a westerner like mind, I guess. Uh it's weird to see when it that much like chaos for for dancers. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Because you 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 don't automatically think that dancing oh. is this like super. You go oh singing, rapping, sports. Yeah. Maybe even to a certain extent comedy. Yeah. But yeah. now that don't don't you think like a lot of that probably has to do with like TikTok and stuff like that. Probably Wh- because people are starting to appreciate that art form. Yeah, yeah, and a bunch of like small snippets of the the, the wedding video that they did. Mm became like uh, viral sensations on TikTok and shit. Yeah. That people would do their own take on like it like and it traveled all over the world. Like Jimmy Fallon did it and like yeah. All yeah. over the place. Yeah. These guys have been been working with the biggest artists for, for so long, uh, like uh, choreographing their music videos and BTS, you know. Yeah. Been working with the biggest K pop uh, artists and shit. And it just it's nice to see them finally getting some some uh, love yeah. for for their art, you know. Yeah, putting their faces in front of it. Did did they monetize the YouTube video? They didn't. No! They couldn't because they they danced to a bunch of songs that. Uh, oh, the copyright they could have. I guess they could have whitewashed it or whatever it's called uh, on on YouTube. But I I think they just I, they didn't think that it would fly nah, nah, the way nah. it did. Yeah. So they just like, hey, let's just put it up, you know, yeah. and then boom. There you go. But it has opened a lot of doors for them. Oh, that, there you go. That's it. Yeah. I mean, we when, when we went to this trip that we did to to Mumbai, uh, that was just on there. They just wanted to go. So they was just like, okay, let's go. Let's say hello to India, you know? And the first day, like we landed, we went to the hotel for like 45 minutes. And then we went to, uh, I guess, like a news agency kind of thing where we met press with the reach of 1.4 billion people. Yeah, of course, because the India is massive. Uh, massive. Man. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and then was there a concert or a performance? Or? Uh, yeah, I think like the day before, <laughs> the day before we left, I think they decided to see if there was any opportunity to do like a show. Mm. And uh, we were there from Friday to Friday, or we had to leave like super early Friday. So we they put on a, a show. Thursday, and thousands of people showed up in the middle of this mall. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, yeah, yeah. There's uh, going to be some crazy footage on on YouTube eventually. Yeah, cool. Fuck, you done a lot of cool shit, man. Because yeah, I mean, when you think about it, like with the Quick Style, and then with Jack Hermanson, and I think you even did like Nico and Vince in America a yeah, few that, years ago. That's that's the first thing. Like, well, I started. Uh, I started. Um, when I started working, I started in music. M- uh, did a lot of stuff with the music industry because uh, they really appreciate people who can make nothing look like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got good at that fast. And so I did a couple of tours and yeah, with Nico and Vince when they just blew up. Mm. When they had the number one song, and uh, I did. I think I did the first like their first headlining tour across the states. Yeah. And so I got good at the whole like documenting things by my own uh, thing quickly. And then, um, but it's, 
I mean, it's it's not great pay and it's uh, long days. So after a while, I just figured like, okay, I'm gonna do this with uh, the projects that I really want to do this with, and then I'm gonna restrict it to that. So the last seven years has been Jack, and it's been quick. Mm. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. You got to preserve your energy and talents for. You can't just say yes to everything. Yeah, and filmmaking in general, I feel like it's uh, it should be a team sport. Yeah, and yeah. when I'm and when I do these things, I travel alone mm. with the camera. I do everything, and I like when I when we put shit out on YouTube and stuff. I I edit it myself, and yeah, I do everything myself, and it's super time consuming, and it's uh, it's also pretty tiring. Yeah, of course. So uh, I guess I could do stuff like that way more, but uh, I figured I just like I keep it to the pro projects that I really wanna. Yeah. Pursue, yeah. That I believe in, mm. and then uh, do a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, well, you, film. Yeah, and you've also got your own art form of comedy to prioritize. Yes. So it's like it's really cool, like documenting like other people's artistic pursuits. Yeah. But you, you can't like get lost in the fields and just. No. F you need to like okay, this is their project, and I'm. I got my shit. Too. Yeah. 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 So, so you get the balance between that. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, at least I'm trying. And then I also want to do like I uh, mainly uh, when it comes to film, I want to do more I want to do fiction. Of course. I want to do fiction, that's the only thing I haven't done pretty much. Like I've done a bunch of commercials and I've done some documentary stuff and I've done a bunch of music videos and and other and I also done, done some art art films and and a lot of stuff. But uh, yeah, still haven't done fiction. Mm. I was aiming to do my first short in April. Yeah. But it might not be time. Because of the tour. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But I have uh, everything. Everything is more or less figured out. Mm. Um, is that a funded project? or? It's not a funded project, actually. It's uh, I just I'll just pay for it myself. Yeah. But it's a super easy. Like I wrote it to just I wrote it um, thinking that, OK, Let's write something that I could get done. Uh, that I, something that I could get done, even if I don't get funded. Yeah, because I just wanna, I just, just wanna, just wanna start, start, uh, start exploring the world of fiction. <sighs> Me too, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I think it's the. Uh, Didn't you uh, pitch something? Yeah, I, at, I did. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I pitched the, I pitched the NRK, and what they told me was that the budget for fiction. Mm -hmm. is pretty much used up until like 2024 or 2025 or something. Oh. That was what they told me. Right. Yeah. So they told you come back in 2024 or did they just give you like, sorry, we can't do it now? No, they kind of said, ba yeah, but basically that the, uh, you know, that there's n very little chance of, they didn't, you know, say yeah. come, you know what I mean? Like they kind of say it in a way that yeah. doesn't just murder all hope. But basically, like, they weren't bullshitting me. They yeah. were like, and I think, I don't know what's happening, but I think there's like a big budget cut going on. And it's people that it are makes there. Sense. Are like, everything is uh, everything is getting more expensive. and mm, Yeah. But I did go to the humor day at Nure when okay. they had this TV top meeting. I don't right. know whether you heard of that, but it had people from VGTV, TV2, and Discovery and NRK. Okay. And it seems like all of the other channels are really focusing, uh, mostly TV2 and Discovery. They're really focusing on fiction, mm. comedy. 
So there's opportunities with other channels. TV2 I think. has uh, has um, taken some chances lately. Right. They have have uh, produced some some or at least uh, published a bunch of cool projects. Lately. Yeah. Amongst other things, uh, Yernis, Yernis' stuff. Have you seen the show? Yeah, I have. Isn't it good? Yeah, it is. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. And they also, they were the ones who finally picked up his special. Yeah. They also were the ones who uh, who um, uh, published uh, Kids in Crime. Have you seen Kid- Kids in Crime? No. But so I, good. I heard it's good. So good. I uh, I slept. For, I didn't sleep on it, but I I didn't watch it for the longest time. Yeah. And during Christmas, I just uh, said to myself, "Okay, I gotta watch this uh, this uh, shit." And uh, I think probably the best show that came out during 2022. Really? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, we've uh, Norwegian content has been, or Norwegian shows in general has gotten a huge lift. Definitely, yeah. uh, definitely. Flus, kids oh, Flus is amazing. Yeah, Flus is so Flus, good. Flus and Kids in Crime was probably like they probably yeah first and second. Yeah, or twenty twenty two. So good shows, both yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've been watching. What have I been watching on TV too? Like Crypto Kings. I haven't seen it. It's good. Is uh, the whole the whole show is out? I think so. I'm up to like episode five or six or something okay so maybe there's a couple more left the only thing i have a problem with with crypto kings is it looks like it was filmed by a midget who has multiple sclerosis <laughs> because it's such low camera angles on the wide shots okay and it's very shaky right Do you know what i mean i think Do you that's think the, that's to make it more like real no i think it's to make it cheaper okay i think it's and i think just whoever fucking shot it was using an easy rig at right. a low position instead of putting it on the shoulder. Okay. You know when you you know you know what I'm talking about. Hey. So all the wide shots are like it's just all chins and up. And some of the, I'm not joking, bro. It's like they never used a fucking warp stabilizer in their huh. lives. Like some of the shots are so shaky. And I go, what the fuck are you doing? And I, as a you know, I shoot a lot of shit. Yeah. So I, I would never hold a camera low and shoot upwards on somebody i'm often like just on the shoulder it's harder for me with a shoulder rig than it is with an easier rig with easy rig but i'm like i'm trying to be eye level instead of like just this low angle shot yeah, i mean a low low angle has its purpose but yeah i i feel you yeah right that's it and that's not saying anything about the storyline or anything that, okay. and, and that's just me not taking my critical filmmaker hat off right which whenever i watch something and i can suspend that i enjoy it way more yeah but you know what i mean like but you you haven't seen kids in crime no oh you have to see it man i'm gonna watch it so good yeah yeah. so good i watched the whole shit in like one or two days really yeah yeah yeah. you smashed through it it's really really good and just uh yeah for for a norwegian show and especially it's like wow We've we've come uh, a long way, so I'm a real and th- look. That's what that that's what TV two said yeah. at that meeting. They said we're not just competing in Norway anymore. We're competing against Netflix and HBO and Apple TV, who are making like top level yes. shows. So TV two said that they want their shows to be able to compete against the top level. Mm-hmm. So that they're, they're like, and that's what they're doing now. If it feels like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's weird to see because usually before NRK uh, 
seems to be the or they was the place that took the chances you know mm. and now it seems like uh, TV2 have taken that spot a little bit yeah so but, many projects but I feel like NRK should just keep moving in the direction that's been successful with shows like Flus and Exit yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like those are two pretty fucking well scripted shows and right. people that watch them are going, damn, this is like, this. Th- these are amazing shows. So, I mean, I don't know like what the deal is with the budget cuts and stuff like that, but I don't know, man. Yeah. But what do you think about your, uh, I, because it was a, was a sketch comedy show yeah. that you wrote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and what, I- what are your plans now? Are you, is it on the shelf until... What NIK said is they said that they have got all the scripted... I pitched comedy, mm-hmm. and they said they got a lot of the scripted comedy is taken care of. And if you do want to get something scripted comedy through, it's going to be very competitive and pretty difficult. And what they said is that they are seeing that unscripted comedy is very popular. This is stuff like Kong and Bafalet, Ikalova Lepahita. Reality, basically. Reality comedy. Yeah. So they think that... Which is also a cool genre. It's a cool genre, but it's not not scripted. It is. It's not fiction. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're saying that like what is important for them is for viewers to watch a whole season of something. They don't want people to just watch 30% of something, 40%. They want people to sit down and go, we're going to commit to a whole season of this show. Mm -hmm. And they think that they can accomplish that cheaper with unscripted comedy than with scripted comedy right yeah so it's much cheaper to make something like when they shoot everything in one long day mm-hmm. and get fucking 10 episodes out of it in a season or whatever yeah then it is to start coordinating actors and all that kind of shit so if you, obviously if you have a look at the budget for and then i mean like exit or something it doesn't even yeah. compare it's ridiculous no. and no. is just shot like you know, it's not like the the best cinematography in television. It's like Big Brother. Exactly. It's like Big Brother, and it's just it's a hilarious show. Mm. They just they found a formula where they can make I don't know how many episodes they they make out of that. Is it only one day? Yeah, it's a one long day. Yeah, one long day. One long day. Just get drunker and drunker and drunker and drunker, and they <laughs> just keep going. But it's funny. It's funny as shit. So, yeah. but yeah, I I I hear you. So it's, it's so much easier. They will make a lot more money doing that yeah. than doing a 17-day scripted show. Yeah, and, for sure. And NRK don't care about money because they're not trying to like sell ads or anything like that. The thing that they care about is watch through. So right, they, the, yeah. the, for them, the money is your attention. Or they just want to produce something that people can engage with yeah. and that they enjoy. And maybe it should be something that's like, you have to have a reason why NRK are making it. You know, like a lot of NRK shows are things that you can like create a debate out of, or, you know, why is NRK like kind of make things that you can't really put on other channels in in many circumstances. So then to answer your question about like what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still like developing concepts for unscripted reality, but I'm also not giving up the fiction side of things. I just Good. understand that the fiction side of things might not materialize in NRK. Right. So then yeah, you got to yeah. start looking at, okay, where else can you go with that? Yeah. So that's yeah, it. The whole funding part of, uh, of everything is the hardest part for me, to be honest. And uh, I've been through a couple of processes where, you know, you cross your fingers and you hope or whatever, but I've come to this place now where it's just like, I want to do this first film just to have done something. 
Mm. You know, I think it's way easier also to get funded if you have something else. If you yeah. have, like, or if you want to do fiction and you're applying for funding, and you can show them, like another short that you did, I think uh, your chances uh, are way better than yeah. if you haven't done anything. Mm. Yeah. One thing as well, in case anybody is listening, or even, especially even for you, uh-huh. is that what TV2 said at this meeting at, uh, at Nure was they said that they're not just looking out for ideas, they're looking out for projects. So they, they said that they're more interested if you turn up and you say, this is the TV show that we want to make, this is the director, this is the cinematographer. These are who we think would be good as the three cast members. Th- this is how much we think the budget should be. We're selling you in this project, you know, not just, hey, we've got this idea yeah. about a show with this guy. They said they're more interested in buying the project than just buying the concept. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a way smarter way to go about it as well. And it's just like it shows whoever you're going to present it to that you actually thought it through a little bit. Yeah, it's a lot more work as well, though, because you got to talk to artists and talk to people and get them on board and find. But yeah, but sometimes you can just have like an idea, you know. You don't really have to. Well, you should have to talk to the DP and the director and the whatever and the producer and the producer. But you don't really like. I think that this guy will be great in the the lead, and then this person, this person. But that's just that's just an idea. But the fact that you just sorted all this stuff out. Yeah. That's true, because sometimes when we went to NIK and we went twice mm-hmm. to pitch a few different things, they really wanted to check that we had the budget figured out and the cast. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's where most people drop the ball. Yeah. They've, they have all the artistic stuff figured out, but they, don't have, they haven't really looked at the, yeah, the budget stuff, and the, the paperwork, basically. Yeah. Hey, can we do a quick uh, toilet break? Yeah, go on, bro. You go, get your piss I'm going. I'm having on. a hard time concentrating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go, go to the toilets just in there. That camera might be the one that I smashed in Spain. You're the reason it has the duct tape on it, bro. You motherfucker. The, the duct tape. The duct tape fix is classic, though. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. how you should always fix your car. It's the best. If you ever need to fix your car, fix your relationship, duct tape. Duct tape works. Fix your broken heart. Yeah, duct tape, tape works on your childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I saw the Axel Lundsvindal documentary. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Nope. Okay, so the same thing there. He fucked up his thumb, yeah. and they just fucking taped it up with duct tape. Right, yeah, like a real man. Worked, and then he won, you know? Yeah. So the moral of the, of the film, the story? Let's keep going with the duct tape. Yeah. But isn't yeah. that like with jiu-jitsu as well? Everybody's just got tape this sports up. tape. Let's, hold on, my finger's you know, broken. Let me just go. The funny thing, when I started jiu-jitsu, everybody was uh, like semi-hurt or hurt. Mm. And I was like, oh, weird. It's like everybody's hurting. I'm not hurt at all. And like, especially like the fingers or the ears or whatever. Like, I'm not really getting that. And I was like that a couple of years in. And now it's starting to happen. Yeah, now, <laughs> now it happens. My ear and uh, my fingers especially, I'm at the point now where I, I tape this one, I tape this one, I tape this one, and then I tape these together. Yeah. Because I have long, thin fingers. Yeah, perfect. So it's like... Perfect for like some cartilage disfiguration. Yes. You know, I tape ev- I tape every finger. Really? Yeah, I tape every finger at the top and look at my fingers. They're kind of fucked. Yeah. Uh, this one is not a jiu-jitsu injury. This is a gymnastics injury from when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one's kind of fucked. And you have a look at like older grapplers, people that yeah, have been yeah, in the, yeah. like their fingers are devastated. Yeah, but I figured like if if I'm uh, if I'm old and my fingers are fucked because of jujitsu, then it's so worth it. You know, it's like so what? 
What are you going to use your fingers for? Fingering checks, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes the curve in the finger can stimulate the squirting mechanism. So you should cut your fingernails. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you just got to cut them and just they travel up there. Yeah. Do you know all the jokes that you have about ducks? You've seen the duck penis, right? I I have actually. Yeah. Isn't that a weird design Fun on a strange. penis? I think I think it uh, evolved like that because the ducks are notorious rapers. Yeah, that's true. The ducks they get they get uh, pretty rapey. Yeah. Yeah, but how does the rapey tw- ducks? Rapey duck. How does that's the- a cool like hockey name or something? Yeah, <laughs> hockey, hockey team. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. rapey ducks. <laughs> we're gonna change the mighty ducks. Yeah. Could you Dude. imagine that the board meeting? Uh, we got a suggestion. Yeah. It's based on evolution. Yeah, it's more nature like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be mighty. We're going to replace that with something else. Is it child friendly? Uh, no, uh, not really. No. <laughs> but it's more, it's truer to the. Yeah, yeah it's true to evolution, bro. We fuck all this woke shit. Yeah, but you were saying about duck, uh, duck dicks? Yeah, no, I don't know how. It's like it's it's, it's, it's like a corkscrew. Yeah, it's like you're going to open a bottle of wine with that duck stick. But mm. how, how does that make it e- easier for them? How does being a rapey duck result in their penis being more twisty uh good question uh i have to ask my duck friends but um <laughs> yeah i mean i guess google would have the answer but i i don't really know not nah. to be honest but i just I'd, i've heard uh they have weird dicks so i googled it i googled uh, to see oh see i know i know i i know i know the answer okay yeah if ducks are raping a lot then yeah. the pe- the vagina of the female duck yeah. probably evolved so that it was more difficult for the penis to, to get, get in. in. Yeah. So the vagina probably had like all of these different turns, you know, like a key lock or something. Yeah. And then the male duck's penis had to probably evolve so that it could then go through that vaginal labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. You know, the makes thing sense. Of, right? Yeah. You know, the thing about evolution is you can always kind of figure something out based on like why it became like that yeah yeah it's always a evolutionary reason yeah basically you know like but that's a that's a weird one you know yeah they just they started raping and then uh they tried to make it harder to get raped and then they just kept evolving like they just kept chasing each other they just evolved to become better rapists yeah you know what? It's weird. Like, why didn't the male ducks evolve to be more respectful? Yeah, true. Isn't that kind of like, oh, no, no, no. You didn't evolve so that the female duck would let you have sex with her. The male ducks evolved so that they could be more effective rapists. Maybe it was just easier to make them better rapists, you know? Then change their, make them charming. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like, you know, like make them like, hold on, I'll uh, take you out for dinner or something. Yeah, yeah. But tell me, tell me uh, about uh, <laughs> tell me about if you don't have any more like uh, duck theories. Uh, tell me about your uh, like what's the whole? Uh, how did you get into comedy? I got into comedy because I really was a fan of the art, and yeah. I got into jujitsu because I wanted to like do something which kind of like excited me yeah. and scared me. Yeah. And then jujitsu didn't really scare me anymore because you know you just come to get 
you know, used to getting choked. Yeah. And then I felt like I needed something Because you new. competed in, in shit, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm default bronze medalist, bro. Nice. In almost every tournament. What, what does that mean, default? That, that means that, like, there's often three dudes in my bracket. Right. And I'm guaranteed <laughs> bronze. I'm that dude. Okay, yeah. And then I just <laughs> felt like, okay, I want to try something new. And then, like, I'd been thinking about comedy for a while. And then I, you know, said, okay, let's go for it. And I did not expect to love it as much as I loved it. It's addictive then. Yeah, I, I never thought that like it would kind of change the entire trajectory of my life. I just thought it'd be like this fun like experience to do a couple of times, but yeah. never that I would like be grinding for the rest of my life to do three or four spots per week. Yeah. Because that's what it's kind of become. It's become this unclimbable mountain. Yeah, but it's so fun. It's the most fun. It's so fun. It's... um. I guess I'm kind of similar to you. I started with jiu-jitsu first. I was also like a fan of the art. And then my brother obviously started yeah. doing comedy. And yeah. I, in the beginning, I just wanted to support him. And yeah. And after a while, it just uh, just became too tempting to not start doing it. And then when you first get on stage and, and the first time you get like a laugh, it's pretty much over. The thing, the thing that I think makes it really addictive is that you're making other people feel happy. Yeah. And they, in return, make you feel happy. Yeah. And once you get into this symbiotic echo chamber where you're saying stuff and they're laughing mm -hmm. and they're kind of encouraging you to go more in that direction. Yeah, and you go, yeah, okay, yeah. let's, I, we got this dance going on now. Yeah, and, and it's so deep. Yeah. So like, and it's it's uh it's similar to jujitsu in the like you can be really really sucky in the beginning. That's one thing that jujitsu really taught me it was like when I started jujitsu, I didn't know what was going on. No, I didn't. I I couldn't understand like shit. I didn't understand anything. And then just by uh, showing up, like every day, mm. I just started to like understand it. Yeah, more. And then in the beginning of, uh, of of comedy, it was kind of the same thing. Like I went up, and first first time I did it, I I I, I killed, and I was like, okay, I am the chosen one. Let's let's go, you know. And then uh, the second time I went up, I bombed horrifically, and then you kind of realize, like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing at all. Yeah. And then you start to feel like you understand it, and then you get your ego checked, and then you just have to keep like. Yeah, my theory on anything, any kind of new skill and talent, yeah. and I don't know whether this applies to everybody, but I think it applies to me, mm -hmm. is that I suck at everything for the first 10 years. That's a good... Uh... Suck. And I mean, suck. And I, I, I'm like eight years into jujitsu, and I don't know how many years you are, but I still feel like on some days, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And some days when I'm doing comedy, I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And it might go really well. And I think, and you know, I think that like to, it, you know what they say in jujitsu is that like, once you get your black belt is when you start learning. Yeah. And I feel like that's what it's like with everything with like i feel like with comedy as well and no matter, matter like how good you are or how good i am like in you know two years three years four years five years i feel like all that time is just figuring it out to once you get to a point where you unlock this next level and you go oh well, you're sufficient nice. yeah 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 100 yeah. and but that's that's what's uh, funny about especially comedy like you can have a lot of shows go really well mm. 
uh, like uh, one after the other, it, it goes well. And you feel you're starting to feel like cool, you know. You're starting to feel yourself. You're starting to feel like, man, I'm actually starting to figure this out. And then you bomb. Yeah. And then you're like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Why? Why? Why did? How did that happen? I killed with this yesterday. Yeah. What? What happened? And then you go on stage again and you bomb again. It's like, what? Wait, wait. And then you just have to like figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then when you do, it's uh, just. Yeah, man. And, and and the thing is as well, like I, I even feel like if I am constantly succeeding, mm -hmm. that I'm not growing. Yeah, true. So there's a there's a real thing to that as well. Like I, I've been doing like a bunch of shows and getting like really good results. And I go, am I not taking enough risks? Am I yeah. not doing enough new material? Am I not trying stuff that has a bigger potential for failure because I'm playing it safe too often? So do, do you know what I mean? Like, but I'm, it seems like you're producing a lot of new uh, material these days, huh? <sighs> yeah, I'm. I'm trying to always kind of introduce one, or two new jokes at least in every new set. That's really good. Yeah, that's, that's way more than I do. Yeah, it's it happens more gradually for me. I, I, I keep honing the jokes that I that I have, and then I only need like uh, to think that something's funny. Then I can introduce it on stage. Yeah. But until I have something, then I won't. Like I'll keep honing the jokes that I have, and then. But uh, when I but it's it's gotten more exciting. Also, like ah, oh, I have this funny idea. Mm. I can take it on stage because yeah. you you usually know how to start the show off right, and yeah. you know how to finish it, which makes uh, the middle part uh, playground yeah. for new material. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I th I, and I think that playground is like maybe the most important part of the entire set. One hundred percent, right? Because uh, you open strong, you're gonna close pretty decently. And I think it's also like if you can, even though the joke isn't good at all, if you could just make it fun to experiment and fuck around and take the audience with you on the like the thought process of this new concept that you have. Yeah then that's also really to me that's super like entertaining as well mm. i'm working on this new bit at the moment that i'm trying to figure out it's all about sacrifice it's not about the ducks it's not about ducks Fuck, okay it's not about ducks but it's this concept of like uh, i'm now I'm trying to work with like uh, discussing concepts that i find have had a big impact on human civilization okay but also funny yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. can you take something that's like been a big, and that's what the whole sacrifice thing, like sacrifice is like this uh, human sacrifice, for example, with like the Viking civilization and like the Aztecs and all that kind of shit, really big part of the culture. And, uh, but also like sacrifice is something that people do in their everyday lives as well. Mm -hmm. So do you know what I mean? Like yeah. start at something kind of big and then narrow it down to like something yeah. funny and stupid that we do, you know, and I, compare I, it to something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, like a wedding ring. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, why, yeah. why you, why, why you need to give somebody a wedding ring that costs three months of your salary? It's yeah. because you gotta like, you, you gotta, gotta suffer for things that you love. Yeah. And the more you suffer, the more you prove that you love somebody. And I think there's something kind of funny about that. So when you do that, you just, so when you, you started thinking about this, were you just like, okay, let me find a concept and then you found sacrifice? Or did you just start thinking about sacrifices and then work your way from there? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. I started thinking about like human sacrifices and, you know, sacrifices that have happened like, you know, in like, you know, movies and shit like that. How often do you sit down and write? Mm, maybe. It depends on when I have a show coming up that I'm going to write some new stuff for. Yeah. 
So then I go, oh shit, I got like three shows coming up this week. Maybe I'll sit down at 30, 40 minutes every yeah, day. That's the best mo motivation to, to get some writing done. It's the only way that works for me. Yeah. I'm not like going to sit down and be like, oh, I don't have a show. I don't need, I'm going to be just, yeah. but if I did, it'd be better. I feel like, I always feel like I write too little, that I don't write enough. But then the same thing, like when I have shows booked, I will always uh, keep evolving my, my material. Yeah. But when I don't have anything booked, then it stops. Well, the amount of time it takes to do anything is your deadline. Yeah. Right? Same, yeah. like, yeah, true. if it's school and essays and homework. And, like, oh, my deadline is Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got fucking, okay, got to figure out, like, some shit by Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of usually what, like, drives me. I don't know whether that's the most. I think I it's really human. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think but so. You, I mean, you hear people like uh, Rogan or other comedians that's been doing it for like 20, 30 years yeah. who like have this habit of like actually sitting down every day and writing an hour no matter what. Mm. I'm not one of those people. Not yet. Nah. We'll see. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I've been pretty focused on doing, like which this idea that's been popping into my head is all these people doing solo shows. Yeah. It's actually pretty inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. when you have a look at these solo shows and you see the names of them and you you know, you go, Oh yeah, okay, you're like working towards this, or you have you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that is a good way to structure like a longer set as well, which would then inspire a lot more writing. Yeah. Like let's say if you had to do an hour of stand up, yeah. right? You're going to probably have to go, oh, okay, I got to produce an, a document, which gotta, is an hour long yeah, in I gotta, jokes. I got to find my notebooks. Yeah, exactly. So have you ever uh, like dug up like an old joke and uh, rewrote it? Yeah. You have? Yep. I, I want to do that. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, I've done it. But I, I just, everything that I write now is better than what I wrote back in the day or like when I started. So I figure if I can take some old concepts that I already like kind of uh, tested and then make them better now, mm. I think that's a good way to refurnish some some jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it definitely works, man. It's but at least if I had to do an hour now, I would have to go through like uh, all my recorded sets and yeah. just like, okay, this is kind of funny. Okay, let me see what I can do with this. And this. Exactly. Let's just say somebody said, hey, dude, we got this corporate gig and it's in like a week, and but we need you to do 15 minutes. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I don't, I can't write new shit for 15 minutes. But yeah, yeah, I can yeah. probably put every joke that I have together and add some shit and maybe we'll get 50. Yeah, with some yeah, crowd yeah. work, we'll stretch it out to 50. Yeah, yeah. Like how much? 20,000? Yeah, no yeah. problem. What's the longest set you've done so far? Uh, 30 minutes, maybe 30. 27, 28, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've probably only done like 17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. 17 is decent. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you know, like I really want to start getting into deeper water, though. I really want to get 30 plus. Yeah, 30, yeah I think but how so. How would you do that, though? Like, what would you... Yeah, where where can you do 30 now in, in Oslo? Well, I think maybe I could uh, probably just organize something. Yeah, do you that's know what, what I, mean? I was thinking. Or like I could... Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I could say like... Uh, Three comics. Yeah, right. Or maybe it's something that's maybe like uh, Armour G is like, okay, I'm going to do a show on Thursday night and just have less people that do longer. Or maybe Tin Super do something the same instead of like having yeah. eight people that are doing 10 minutes. Let's just try once to narrow down who wants to do a 30-minute set or whatever, you know. Or I mean, 
every time you do like a 10 or 12 minute set that goes really well, it doesn't feel good to finish it. You know, you want to stay up there. You want to keep going. Mm -hmm. So like 30 would be cool. Don't you think? I think I could do 30. Yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah, of course yeah. you could do 30. Yeah. The thing about doing 30 is that like once you get to that 30 minute mark and it goes really well, you go, hey, let's see if we can do 40. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you know what I mean? Mm. But I feel like in order to get a good, you have a look at all these people that are doing all these test shows, put up a show, test show, test show. I think you need to do a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like you can't just have, I'm going to test this 15. I'm going to test this. I think you need to test that 50, 60 minute show like, as much a as possible. Yeah, th yeah, yeah. And I think that like, you know, I mean, Dog Sertos, I think he tests it a lot. He he is one of the, I must say, he seems to be one of the hardest working comics in Norway at least. Yeah. Because I don't see any other like big comedians like him come, that comes doing like the small shows that we host. Yeah. On the, like he does it all the time. Yeah. Before he goes on tour with his own show yeah You're just testing and testing and testing and testing and testing yeah uh yeah the the work rate of that guy is is, is it's insane for sure and i think what he does as well is he'll do these like smaller shows like a tin super or alf or salt or Prevrer or whatever yeah and then he'll even do longer shows like an hour or, and test the whole thing together yeah i think it did like uh, three three Prever Prever shows yeah, for for uh, his tour now, mm. I think. And that's somebody that's been doing stand up for probably like twenty, 20 years. Exactly. I don't know how so, long. So if it takes Dog Sertos at least three Prova shows and all his other clubs, yeah, I think it's gonna take somebody like y you and me. Like you really want to do like a lot of Prova shows yeah, for, at that length. Because I mean, yeah. if you haven't done, I've not done stand up for sixty minutes, and I would want to do it like as much as possible before I start fucking trying to sell tickets or whatever. Yeah. Also now I'm just at a, at a point where I just, I, I just want to do it as much as possible, uh, as much as I possibly can. And uh, I guess the 30 minute show or the 50 minute show will come when it comes. But uh, I feel like I, I slowly but surely I figure I'm, I keep figuring shit out and um, yeah, it's just a never ending thing. Mm. Uh, it's weird uh, very similar to jiu-jitsu in that way yeah you think you're figuring it figured it out and then nope yeah but then also i also think that like if you had a certain amount of time to develop a 30-minute show then you would start writing and yes. structuring and then that's the thing the as same, well the, the same thing that you said earlier like the the time that it takes to do anything is a deadline exactly like let's just say like we said okay when you get back from the tour uh, we're gonna do it or whatever like we're gonna do a uh, like a four-man show that everybody does 30 minutes each yeah and you be like, okay when is it you'd be like oh i don't know like in yeah. like may or something you'd be like all right let's go and I, I got in it. the back of your mind you would start. you're working towards that yeah 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 what what, uh, what happens with the what is happening with the comedy smackdown thing Oh, I just got to wait for a new date to do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. You did one show at the uh, Nier? Yeah, we did one. Right? Yeah, so that was the second one. So I probably just... There's so many people doing solo shows now. Yeah. It seems like Nier is, is doing like a lot of... Uh, which is cool. They're doing a lot of new like... Uh, what would you call it? Uh, concepts. Concepts. Yeah, definitely. Concept shows. Yeah. All over the place. Mm. So and it gives people... Like Talak did the comedy therapy or whatever. Yeah. Which I heard, I wasn't there, but I heard it went really good. I heard yeah. the SmackDown at Noah went really good. Yeah, it was good. 
And then they still have like stand up like they used to have, but it, they just like rebranded it kind of. Near show, late night with this guy or this guy and friends, this guy and friends. Yeah. It's a fun place, man. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. It's I think it's the best stand up place you can have. Yeah. It's a great it's a great place for comedy. It really is. A really great place. And for the comedy. audiences there are into it. I performed there last week. I did this uh English show, mm -hmm. you know, the joke factory. Yeah. And when I turned up, it was packed. Like it was it was packed. You just couldn't you, like, we had to stand up against the walls like really? that, the comedians, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think I'm doing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday there this weekend. At the uh, New Show? Yeah, New Show I'm and then Hangover. New Show as well. Oh, are you? Yeah. Nice. What yeah. night? Both nights? Both nights, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so we're doing one together. Yeah, yeah. Who else is on that lineup? I don't know. <laughs> I, um, Kevin just, uh, yeah. Kevin booked me a while ago. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't, uh, haven't performed at New Show for a while. Yeah. And I'm fucking excited, man. And it's... Uh, And just the whole vibe of the the place and after shows, everybody's just chilling at the same place. There's no like green room where mm. people sneak sneak in by themselves or whatever. Everybody's chilling at the same place. And Everyone's just hanging. I really enjoy uh, hanging out at you. Yeah. yeah, but that's cool. Then we're gonna be performing together at yeah. uh, Friday. You're doing and hangover as well. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Nice. Yeah, so I'm. I, I got. I got a show on Wednesday, which is this improv thing with Lieben. Okay. You, you know about that? No. It's like the comedians do like 10 minutes, and then after the break, the improvisers go and reenact their material. Okay. I don't know. At New as well? No, no, no. That's Where? just I don't know. Vaxtedda okay. somewhere down here. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of fun. And then I'm seeing if I can get a gig on Thursday. But if not, then it's Friday, Saturday, and then ending the week with Hangover on Sunday. So four good, good, good spots this week at least. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing Brewdog on Wednesday. Yep. And then I'm doing uh, Friday, Saturday. Maybe I can like, maybe I can squeeze in uh, Sunday as well. Get the trilogy. Uh, Get the trilogy. Cool. That would be cool. Sweet. Yes, yeah, at least three spots this week. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. That's three is good. I feel like three, if you could get three, that's then... You're on the upward. Yeah. Three, you get that roll. You yeah. get that good going. I, I was listening to, did you hear the last, um, the Rogan episode with uh, Andrew Santino? Nope. No, not Santino. Um, Andrew Schultz. No, I didn't hear it. He said that he has restricted his, he's only doing spots now three, three days a week. Yeah. But the three days when he goes out, he does at least four sets every night. Ah, yeah. yeah. Imagine being able to do that here, man. Okay, I'm only doing Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, but those nights I'm doing five sets each. Yeah, you would grow so fast. Yeah, I mean, it's I've the most I've done in Oslo is three sets in one night, and that was difficult to do. Two sets, yeah, you can do that re realistically. Yeah, but it, it's I think that's the best, man. Yeah. Because, uh, If you if you let's say you bomb the first set, then you can have a redemption set. Mm. And if you do really well the first set, then like uh, you're just gonna have to try to not bring too much of that energy into the next one. But you already have like a good show under your belt, so yeah. I, at least that helps for me. I get a little bit more loose when I when I get one good one at, at first. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's good. I remember like I did a really good set. And then I went to Lincoln and there was nobody there. And the I just ate shit. The last time we performed together at the uh, Salt when you co-hosted. Oh, yeah. yeah that was yeah. interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I felt like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt like... Uh, I don't know what I was doing. My set went uh, pretty okay. Yeah. Pretty good. And then I went to BrewDog and it was just almost nobody there. Mm. And I went on and nothing. 
nothing worked. Yeah. It was like quiet and weird from the beginning to end. Yeah. It's like, all right, that's my time, guys. Thank you. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah. But you need those nights, man. You got to have them because that's I mean, it's realistic. When you see the, the, the best guys, they can turn rooms like that around. Yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. So it's like you can you can blame the room as much as you as much as you want, but the really good guys they they they'll they'll make it happen either way. Let me give you a really good example of that. On Saturday, Saturday, Friday, well Friday maybe I hosted at Sumfunda, okay, an yeah. all English comedy show. Yeah, there was maybe like eight nine people in the audience. Really, one two three. Yeah, maybe maybe ten. Okay, kind of yeah. spread out. I got them. T- first couple of rows but uh-huh. wasn't that many people there yeah. i was just the host so i was just talking to people crowd you know just fucking around jim swan comes in and headlines oh, lights the room up as if it's packed with 200 people yeah just leans on the material and fucking crushes and everybody there was just like oh yeah that's how you do it yeah, that's how you do it he didn't play to the size of the room. He just fucking went out there and murdered. Yeah, Jim is so good. He's so good. So, so but, good. But th- I felt like that, not everybody did that. Not everybody was like, I'm going to uh, elevate it up here. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's like some next level comedy shit. Yeah. And he did that. And I was, I was something that I was watching, I was like, yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah. It's, uh, it's inspiring when you see people who, who do, do just that. Yeah, like it's a it's a, it's a difficult night. Yeah, and just murders because you've been on stage, right? Where there's 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 people in the yeah. audience, and it's easy. Yeah. It's a cakewalk. You're yeah, not. Yeah. E- they're laughing at your premises. Yes, and that's like that. That's awesome when that happens, but it's 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 not really testing your ability no. to turn nothing into gold. No, and when you get those nights, five people, seven people, ten people. And you don't feed off their energy, but you just radiate yours and you just lift the room higher. Yeah. That's why it's important to do those nights. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I guess it's like uh, working out with a weight vest. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because I my pull my heart rate goes down like when I know that there's a lot of people because mm. I know I have some funny material or whatever. Yeah. But it's when it's when it's ten when it's twelve people in the crowd. That's yeah. when like okay. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if I can take them with me on this journey. That's it. Yeah. That's 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 the that's the challenge. Yeah. That's the skill. Yeah. And that's why I I I mean like I think like doing rooms like Lincoln. I, yeah. I think doing like tough rooms is like where you have to really rely on your material. Yeah. And you have to really rely on your ability to perform that material. Yeah. There's no bu- you can't bullshit your way through it. People are, uh, first of all, sometimes they're not even really paying attention. Yeah. So you got to make sure that for the people that, first of all, you want to get their attention and then you want to make sure that you're worth listening to. And when a hundred people are all tuned into the same frequency, paying attention, all the chairs are facing forward, no problem. Easy yeah, to do that. Yeah. But when people haven't bought tickets and it's a free show and they're texting their friends and it's late, yeah. now we're going to see how good you are. Yeah, Lincoln is a... Uh it's interesting place. Like I, I think I've had my heart, my my hardest kill, has been uh, at Lincoln, 
and my hardest bomb has <laughs> been at Lincoln. Yeah. And it feels like when every time you go there to perform, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. You could get three people. You can get the whole fucking place mm-hmm. uh, filled up with people. But uh, like you said, especially when it comes to free stand-up, people aren't really that invested nope. in what's going on. So if they're like a little bit, like they don't really want to, they don't really want to pay attention, they're not going to pay attention because they're not, they haven't paid anything to yeah. be there. So it's a weird thing though to just show up on a show and just end up uh, talking to your friends all, all, all night. But uh, some people do. Yeah. Some people do. So, yeah. And But you got to be more interesting than their friends. You got to have something worth listening to. Yeah, and you kind of got to nip it in the bud a little bit. You got to talk to them and you got to bring them along. You kind of got to force them mm-hmm. to tag along to your thing. Yeah. Uh, it's strange. Yeah, but, um, it's strange. Yeah. Dude, I think we're going to wrap it up because these cameras are... Yeah. They run out of battery after a certain amount of time. Yeah. Is there anything Let's else you want to say to the people? No, come uh, come uh, check us out uh, at the Brewdog. Yeah, um, we do shows there every Wednesday in the basement at Brewdog Fifty Seven, Markwein Fifty Seven. Uh, late night stand up at Mike's Corner every once in a while, once a month, and that's it. You know what? I'll I'll just say one more thing that you reminded me of actually on social media because I posted an article about somebody saying that like four out of 10 people don't have money to spend doing culture things. And I wrote, you can go and see a stand-up show for the price of a movie ticket. And then you wrote to me, nah, dude, half Half. the price of a movie ticket. Because how much are tickets to, let's say, uh, Brewdog, Tin Uh, Super? Brewdog, I think we do, Brewdog, we do 80 kroners. Yeah. And uh, late night at Mike's Corner, we do 110, but then if you're a student, you get it for 70. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just for anybody listening, 80 kroners to see the fucking lineup that are on some of the shows that you put on is like insane it's literally it's 10 kroners per comedian people gotta realize that uh when you go see a club show here in in oslo the chances of getting like really really good comics that have been doing it for a while is really high because they all need to work out their material as well like it's not only us that needs to do that like the biggest ones also need to do that. So the chances of getting like really, really good comedy is uh, ridiculous. And uh, yeah, it costs almost nothing. It costs, it costs you less for the ticket than it does f- to get a beer in the bar. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, that doesn't only go for my shows. All the shows that all our friends are hosting and putting on are like 80, 70 kroners. Yeah. So there's no reason to not come out. No, nah, there's no reason to not come out. And like, uh, it's interesting these times where everything is getting more expensive, comedy is getting cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we because we fucking need you guys. <laughs> we need you guys to fill the hole inside of our hearts. Uh, please yeah. come. But just come. And even if you like uh, can't bring friends, just come by yourself. Just because yes. it's just come by yourself because you're gonna have a good time and and you're probably gonna end up sitting next to people and it's gonna be good. Yeah. So fucking just. Come and check out comedy. I know times are getting tough, but 80 kroners for a killer lineup is the best value for any kind of entertainment you could possibly pay for. Amen. 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 Thanks for having me on, man. Dude, no problem. Thanks for being a guest. Yeah, no worries. All right. See you later, ladies and gentlemen. Mwah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.